0: From and Radio and the Lincoln Independent Business Association, this is the Lincoln Business Beat, a weekly summary of news affecting area business and a review of interesting topics and issues. Along with LIBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Glad to have you with us. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at GoCurrency.com. Well, kind of a busy week at LIBA. Uh, we came off uh, the free enterprise celebration last week, but then the mayoral forum was held this past Tuesday, and that uh, is available on Facebook Live if you did not get a chance to hear that or see it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No rest for the weary, right, Mark? <laughs> in a in a city election cycle, it goes fast and furious. So, yeah, last Thursday we had our free enterprise celebration at Pinnacle Bank Arena turned around, and this week on Tuesday uh, we had a mayoral forum where we had... Uh, the mayor and uh, former state Senator Suzanne Geist there to talk about a lot of business issues and really had a great turnout of people and, and a good conversation, I think.
0: And Senator Geist is going to be our guest here on our deep dive in our second segment. So we're going to talk more about that. Also, i uh, got some new LEBA members.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we always like it when we have new members to announce every month. Uh, we've got Allen Capital Group, Stephen Cahoy joined LEBA. RBC Wealth Management, John McGrew, and Farmers Insurance, uh, Rex Viola, joined LEBA. So we're glad to have them and excited to have them as members of LEBA.
0: And of course, uh, as we mentioned, the, the election coming up on May 2nd, uh reminder,
1: oh, those, geez, th- those, <laughs> that, uh, those that
0: show up make the decisions. So. Well,
1: you know, it's this city cycle. Again, we keep talking about how fast it comes out. So um early ballots went out the 17th uh those are out there people are uh have got those in their hands they can go red they can go vote in person at the election commission office uh over there about 40 north 46th street um the deadline to vote in person (coughs) excuse me is uh may 1st they're gonna have special hours that weekend so you can uh be uh be in and vote over the weekend and then um the polls are open from eight to eight on may 2nd and just a reminder um and i think uh election commissioner wilson sent something out about this recently uh if your ballots not received at the election commission by 8 p.m on may 2nd it doesn't get counted so there was i think four or five hundred ballots there were 670 okay 670 ballots See, as a number, and I screwed it up. So, no, uh, those are just
0: kind of things when we were doing news <laughs> that we've got to have uh, exact numbers on. So,
1: 670 ballots didn't get counted, and and I think this is going to be a great race this year. So, um, it's important to make sure you get your ballot in on time.
0: If you haven't mailed that ballot back by the Friday pre election day, strongly recommend that you hand deliver it to the election office. There's a 24 hour drop box. Uh, so that would be right, twenty uh,
1: seventh or twenty eighth, that Thursday or Friday. If you haven't right. mailed it by then, I mean, hand deliver it. Hand deliver it. Otherwise, it it may not get counted. I, you know, I don't know if a lot of people realize that our mail actually gets taken to Omaha before it gets delivered in Lincoln. So um, there's a bit of a, a delay in the process. You just don't want to don't want to miss that miss that opportunity.
0: That is, if you want your vote to count
1: exactly. So.
0: Calendar quite busy as we get into this time of year for a Liba event. You got uh, coffee and contacts coming up in the uh, next week.
1: Yeah, we we're getting back into the ribbon cutting season. I guess we had a couple of ribbon cuttings this week. We've got some other ones coming up, uh, but next week on the 25th from 7:30 to 9, we have our coffee and contacts at Arrive Co-working over at 3400 Plantation Drive, which is over in that Williamsburg area, um, kind of behind the High V there. On Tuesday, April 25th, Jen Link, our under-40 group, is having their voting 101 forum at 7 p.m. at Sideshow Spirits with special guest Suzanne Geist to talk about campaigning and being a state senator and all that. So, uh, Suzanne's very busy these days. Um, Thursday, April 27th, we have a ribbon-cutting at Ascend Aesthetics, which is at 5611 Northwest First Street, kind of out in that air park area. Then on May 4th, another ribbon cutting uh, at Cornusker Insurance Agency over at 6100 Apples Way. And then on May 6th, our GenLink, again, our young professional group, is having their annual fundraiser where they're going to be out doing putt-putt golf at Adventure Golf, and they're going to be raising money for... Uh, Shepherd's Rest, Goat, and Sheep Rescue, which is kind of uh, one of their LIBA members. So they're always raising money for one of our nonprofit LIBA members, which is really awesome and a good opportunity to go have fun on a Saturday. And that's Saturday,
0: May 6th, and it's at noon, as you mentioned, at Adventure Golf. Correct. A lot of activity finally getting done in the legislature.
1: Mm <laughs> hmm.
2: Uh, <laughs>
0: Uh, well, we've got activity
1: three. he used air quotes for
0: those of you who <laughs> can't see but but we actually uh have three bills that have gone through the entire process and headed to the governor at least as we speak uh just before uh the release of this podcast
1: yeah, so basically we're through sixty six days of legislative sessions and we passed three bills sixty six out of ninety out of ninety, yeah, so we're on the we're two thirds of the way over two thirds of the way home. But there have been sixty-four re- legislative resolutions passed though, Mark. So I went and counted before we did the podcast. So um but the three bills that have been delivered to the governor's desk, it just we've talked about it in here. They're not getting anything done. And they the three bills that are passed are the Constitutional Carry Bill, the Pet Insurance Act, and they changed some provisions in the Liquor Control Act. So I think, you know, we're we're not gonna see much the governor certainly isn't going to waste a lot of ink this year signing bills, I don't believe. <laughs> not uh, not at
0: all. Um, but this has uh, the effect of not getting some of Libra's priorities and things that uh, you've pushed for. Uh, they're just not going to see the light of day. Yeah,
1: I mean, and there's not much that's going to see the light of day. I, someone recently predicted that maybe there'd be 20 or 25 bills passed in the legislature this year. At this rate, I'm wondering... Um, And I'll I'll be honest, I mean, for those that aren't watching, the the entire session's been hijacked by two senators that are pissed off, Michaela Kavanaugh and Megan Hunt. Um, They're upset about some bills that came through, and they've just decided to hijack the entire session. So if you're not happy that we're not getting a conversation about the East Beltway or Secondary Water Source or Convention Center or we don't get to tax relief, call Michaela Kavanaugh and Megan Hunt and tell them to shut up. Um, I, it's just, it's disgusting to watch. It's disgusting that no matter what bill it is, they're filibustering bills. And the thing, if you want to know that they're just playing petty games, the thing about it is, is you watch the board when votes happen and when you have a vote for cloture at the end of a filibuster and they vote for cloture or they vote for the bill, they're just screwing with the session just because they can. So hopefully the, the legislature will take some rules up next year and, and try to manage that a little bit. I mean, it's easy to sit out here in Monday morning quarterback, but there's no reason to watch the legislature because all you're going to do is listen to Michaela Cavanaugh and Megan Hunt bitch about what they're upset about.
0: Nebraska Congressman Mike Flood has uh, taken it upon himself to uh, – Bring up the Haymarket area at the federal level, and that has to do with the prime real estate that the post office sits on. Yeah. And he was in town uh, for the free enterprise celebration, and uh, they were on um, just recently on a two-week recess. What's the latest? Uh, because he's trying to get him to move the post office.
1: So we've had the conversation about a convention center coming to Lincoln. Oh, by the way, a LEBA priority in the legislature. It's not going to see the light of day to this year. Thank you, Michaela Cavanaugh and Megan Hunt. Um, but so uh, Congressman Flood scheduled a meeting to meet with the postmaster to talk about that site. And I think there are a lot of alternatives, and that's prime real estate. Probably this conversation should have started ten or fifteen years ago, um, but it's interesting. Congressman Flood scheduled a meeting with the postmaster, and the postmaster decided to just cancel it that morning, and so Congressman Flood decided to have a little press conference right there in the parking lot. Um, and and I and I appreciate Congressman Flood trying to have this conversation and really leading on this issue. Um, it's it's good for Lincoln. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier the post office here in Lincoln is more of a collection site than anything else at this point. Um, you know, it's not even the mail's not even processed here. So, it goes to Omaha to be processed. It's prime real estate. It's great development. It's a good opportunity whether it's a convention center or something else. Um, I would disagree with some people recently who said they think it'd make a nice park. Um, I think we could do something a little bit nicer than a park down there to help economic development, help those small businesses?
0: Well, a lot of the things that uh, the post office used to do and be a center for, especially in the the key areas of the central core business districts, not just in Lincoln, but in in many, many cities, Mm -hmm. just the nature of business and communication and the services that the post office delivers. At at one time, it was a a huge, huge bulk of, of doing business even across town just doesn't happen anymore
1: no it's i mean post office are a little outdated and having them in a downtown hub downtowns have changed and you know the downtown used to be the business district right i mean that's where a lot of your businesses were all those kind of things kind of made some sense um you know you have access to the train station over there and those kind of things but i think it's just there's another way we could do it. The fact that we don't even process the mail here anymore is the one that really gets me that, you know, it's, it's hilarious when I send my electric bill and I drop it in the mailbox and it goes from my house to Omaha, back to LES. It's, you know, those kind of things are just
0: needs to change. Well, and so many people don't even drop their check or their, or their uh, bill in the mail, sending it back. There's so many invoices and statements that come electronically, and so many payments that go back electronically. The volumes just aren't. Yeah,
1: there. the volumes aren't there, and so I think it's it's time to look at where can we find another site for them to have a presence here in Lincoln. Um, I have shared my thoughts with Congressman Flood on this several times, so. <laughs> um, but but I think it's good that he's trying to have this conversation, and and I mean, frankly, the postmaster is going to have to come to the table and have a conversation. Uh, whether they like it or not, this conversation needs to happen for the city. Our deep dive
0: is next. Our guest is going to be former state senator, mayoral candidate, Suzanne Geist. You need help finding reliable financing options for heavy machinery, trucks, or other equipment for your business? Well Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the most competitive financing options for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, trailers, and other big ticket items. And whether you're replacing old machines, expanding your fleet, doesn't matter. Currency makes it easy to get financing. It's secure, free to use, and gives you a single point of contact for the entire process. Visit GoCurrency.com and fill out an application. Currency will automatically find a lender offering the best rates and terms. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com and apply today offers may vary and arranged by Express Tech Financing LLC doing business as Currency pursuant to CFL license 60DBO-54873 Back on Lincoln Business Beat for our deep dive segment uh, We welcome in as our guest for this week former state senator Suzanne Geist also candidate for mayor welcome in to the Lincoln Business Beat
2: Thank you it's good to be here
1: Well uh this is kind of fun to have Suzanne in here because we've been friends a long time. So uh, I guess let's just start with um, you made this decision last fall to run for mayor. And what was it that that made you decide that you wanted to run for mayor and be the mayor of Lincoln?
2: Um, it was a hard decision. I, I know you and I talked about that for a long time. Um, but ultimately, just not liking the direction that the city is going and believing that there's a lot of headway that can be made here, a lot of change that needs to happen. And I believe that uh, myself with the right people around me can actually make that happen.
1: Awesome, I love it. Um, So you've kinda, what are some of the pillars of your campaign to make sure everybody knows, what are the main issues that you're really focused on in your campaign?
2: There are really three. Um, Public safety is huge. I know people have heard a lot about that in the ads that have been going back and forth. But uh, public safety is really number one. If you don't have a safe environment, business can't thrive, families don't thrive. So it's pretty much hinged upon public safety. Uh, second is improving our road system. Um I don't really need to expound on that. People that drive around the city of Lincoln all agree.
1: People bouncing around Lincoln listening to the Lincoln business beat understand exactly what you're saying right now.
2: And then finally, uh, Lincoln is a very difficult place to do business. If you want to start a business or grow a business, uh, I can tell you from the the day that I announced my candidacy, the first thing I heard from business leaders is please help us – have a city that's easier to do business. So uh, streamlining some of those processes, making Lincoln a place that says, yes, how can we help you, rather than uh, do it our way or not at all. So we're gonna change that mentality and have business uh, love working with the city of Lincoln.
1: I think it's fascinating the conversations that I have on a regular basis with LIBA members Um, when they talk about the contrast between doing business in Lincoln and doing business in Omaha. I mean, are you hearing some of that too as you're out there on the campaign trail talking to people?
2: You know, I'm hearing doing business in Lincoln versus just about any other city. Norfolk, North Platte, Hastings, Um, which breaks my heart. This is the capital city. We should be the place... To do business the easiest place the most desirable place I do think we're one of the most desirable places but once getting here trying to get through all the bureaucracy just to get started is difficult and we're gonna change that that's just not acceptable
1: yeah it's very difficult and and like it's wild for me f- to listen to a business owner say I do business in, and pick a town. It doesn't matter. It's not just, I won't use uh, Omaha just specifically, but I talked to one builder and he said, um, they went in somewhere, they were working on a project, and they took the plans in to the planning department in that community and walked in and said, here's my plans, you know, I'll turn them in. And they turn around and leave. And the guy's like, hold on a minute. And he goes, do you want to just wait for these? And he goes, well, it's probably going to take you a couple hours or something, right? And he goes, no, take me about five minutes. And he got in, took his plans, got it, got it signed off on and was off on his project. And in Lincoln now we're here in like sometimes six, eight, 12 weeks to get through that process. And that's what then if they don't approve it, then you got to go through another whole cycle. So Mm -hmm. I just thought that was one of those telling stories. It was like. That's one that kind of hits you in the face a little bit. Exactly. So I think that's pretty fascinating. So um, talk about, I want to kind of break down each of your areas there. We talked a little bit about the business, but let's go back to the public safety issue and talk a little bit about the issues that you see specifically related to public safety that have you concerned and why you want to change that.
2: Well... One that just really sticks out is the murder rate, for instance. Not the rate. The actual number of homicides in the city of Lincoln since January is five. Last year, we had 11 total, which tells me we're either on track to match that or exceed that. Um, that's not a statistic that we want to match or exceed. Um This past weekend, I was in Omaha at a memorial service for a young woman who had been killed by gang violence, and we were celebrating her 21st birthday. And I bring that up because it just hit me so hard that in each of these incidences, we talk about them just as a number, but this showed the family, the ripple effect of a single incident. And now in Lincoln, we've had five. And if you look from January to January, we've had 16. So there are 16 family units who have had the same ripple effect that this particular family in Omaha had that I I was visiting. And the grief, the loss, Um. it... The, the whole community impact that that makes is just indescribable. Uh, we're seeing things happen in our city streets that we have just not seen since I've been in Lincoln. And that's been since the early 80s. So uh, gunfights. Um,
1: that, that's the one that baffles me. For two weekends in a row, we had gunfights um, in the rail yard. right. And uh, well,
0: technically, one was in the rail yard.
1: Uh one of them, a fight uh, was in the rail yard, and then they went back to home and had their gunfight yeah, at home. And, so, and, and let's just my apologies. Yeah, in,
0: in the first one, over seventy shell casings picked up. I mean, you're talking about significant uh, gunfire.
2: That's the OK and, corral, right? And,
0: <laughs> and well, actually, I don't think they—they uh, <laughs> they didn't have that many. <laughs> their back guns then. didn't fire that. Fast. <laughs> so, and on the, the most recent ones, uh, while we have not been able to confirm it, the LPD is telling us numerous. Our tip, sir, who got us the information early Sunday morning, um, said there was almost
1: 30 shots fired in that one. So you're talking about major gunfire. Mm -hmm. Well, and I mean, when we talk about, I mean, gunfire anywhere in the city is bad. We start talking about the rail yard. I mean, first of all, as a father, I've got a kid that loves to go down there and cocktail on the weekend so um, there's that and but secondly we're having football season coming up right and and I had a couple officers reach out to me and we were talking about this and they're like they're worried about football season and yeah. when the officers say I'm worried about football season that scares the devil out of me
2: yeah so yes so and and part of this is um, we need more officers we need more people on patrol. Now that's a nationwide problem. Hiring good people um, and getting people on the streets, that is a nationwide problem. However, in Lincoln, we have our own particular issues because uh, we're down so many officers, uh, significantly from 2019. And if you eliminate those who are in the academy, those who are being trained, we are now 46 officers down from 2019.
0: So uh, we, let me clarify this because I'm hearing um, that officers have been added every year. Well, that's court, true.
2: But, but we've lost more than we've added.
0: Okay, that's the part that
2: right. we got to make clear. Exactly. It is true. There have been officers hired every year. However, that balance is not overcoming the number that we're losing, and there's a reason that people aren't sticking around, and some of that is just natural attrition. We lose about 16 officers a year, either from retirement or from uh, moving to another place or whatever, just different reasons. We're losing more than that, and um I contend one of the reasons is because they do not feel supported by this administration. They don't feel like their needs are being heard, they're being met, or they're being supported should something happen out on the streets. And you're out there putting your life on the line and you don't feel like the administration has your back. For one thing, you're not going to be recruiting your friends to come work with you or your children to follow in your footsteps. And number two, you may not stick around.
1: Yeah, so. it's it's a really it's really difficult, and um and the the shootings in the rail yard probably is what it took to kind of slap me right in the face, knowing that that's where uh, our daughter likes to go. So, talk about the numbers when it comes to police officers. Cause you said we're down, and you know we talk. You, we've compared ourselves to other cities around the state when it comes to doing business mm-hmm. how do we compare there
2: well right now we're just at 1.1 officers it kind of varies between 1.0 and 1.1 per thousand the national average what's recommended is 1.9 and so but if we just wanted to get to
1: so 1.9 officers per, per thousand, thousand would be the let's call it best practice yes. or national standard yes. How many officers would we have to hire today to get to 1.9? Do you know?
2: About 150 to 200.
1: 150 to 200 officers. Holy smokes. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) That's a significant budgetary item. Well, Um, but
1: you need to find 150 bodies that want to go through it and do it as well. Exactly. So those people have
2: to be hired. They have to go through the academy. They have to be trained. This is a long-term goal. Yeah. It's not something that you can turn around day one. However, what you can turn around day 1 is support. You can turn around that that people feel like there's someone that's holding this office that supports us that understands our needs and is going to bring us to the table and listen to what those needs are.
1: So, um you said we're at between 1.0 and 1.1 officer per 1000 which seems to me dangerously low. Mm-hmm. Um, how do we compare to some of the other communities? Like, again, we compared ourselves to different places on doing business. Right. How does it compare with officers?
2: Uh Grand Island has 1.5. Um, Omaha closer to 1.7. I think Ashland has 1. 1.5, 1. 1.6. Um, <laughs> they have much fuller <laughs> ratio, for which has always struck me a bit funny, um, but but we're lower than any significantly sized city in our state. And yeah, I think uh, we have football. Crime we have commission. University, I think we're yeah.
1: looking on the crime commission, and that number is under. It's lower than North Platte. It's north lower than Kearney. It's lower than Columbus, mm-hmm. uh, Grand Island, all across the state. Right. So that that's troubling and i mean as business owners we worry about that because you know we want to keep our people safe in our community and all of that so um now <clears throat> we talked a little bit about doing business we talked a little bit about public safety let's talk about roads really quick okay. um because that's always something that um i think in in city races sometimes everybody's everybody gives a darn about their roads and their trash being picked up, and so since <laughs> since the city doesn't manage trash collection in Lincoln, let's talk about those roads. But talk about kind of how you want to ta- address roads, and then some of your experience that you think will be yeah. valuable.
2: Well, I've I sat on the transportation telecommunications committee since the day I was elected. Um, so I've had quite a bit of experience with state highways, state programming, the Department of Transportation. Um, and how those uh roadways are funded, uh a bunch of the EPA requirements and all of that. Uh Senator Hilders and I together uh prioritize uh, several pieces of legislation that helped the South Beltway get pushed uh through quicker and um so some six, six and a half years of experience doing that. So it it does help. It translates very well to doing local uh issues on roads. Um, a lot in the sense of how do we pay for that? Uh, typically with roadways, what we do is we save up a lot of money and pay for it all at once. Uh, and one of the things that right before I was elected happened in the legislature, which I also see a, a parallel locally, is we they passed the gas tax. And that was at, with a lot of political baggage that came with that. However, what was important about that is it gave a constant stream of revenue for maintenance for the highways uh, of the state, which before that we have none. And maintenance is so expensive, which is what we're also noticing around the city. The quarter cent sales tax does part of that. It gives a constant stream of revenue to maintain the roads. There's also some very specific things that that sales tax does so as mayor what I will do is get in and really tear apart how much money are we spending for roads how much ha- has been designated it looks like I'm going to tell you right now the budget is really difficult to follow the money on but from best I can tell we're spending in the mid to upper 40 millions a year on roadways um, I know that currently uh the announcement has been two hundred and eleven million since twenty nineteen. Wow. I, I I I wanna know where that is. What projects has that been? Well, I would. Targeted
1: towards. I would argue. Now you brought up my favorite thing. So Mark didn't see it, but I got a big smile on my face. <laughs> we started talking about the budget. Um, he just didn't acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the interesting things that that really needs to 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 be dug into, whether it's roads or police officers, is there is a difference between putting money in a budget and that money actually coming back out, like. Mm-hmm. There there's a difference between money in the budget and feet on the street when it comes to officers. And I don't mean to disrespect our officers by saying feet on the street, but that's that's what it is. And so I think the same thing with the roads. We've got, you know, the the Beitler boondoggle, the double decker roundabout, they they packed away twenty five million dollars just sitting in the city hall, uh, still waiting for one of those fancy things over at Fourteenth and Warlick. Like there's like like lots of money, so when we get mm-hmm. to the budget, we got lots that we can talk about. Yeah. Well, let's take that 211
0: million or so that you've uh, talked about, and we've heard that also mm-hmm. in the campaign. But put that in in the context: the South Beltway was done in since uh, what? Been actually being worked on since 2020, I believe. Right. And that was 400 million. Right. So, but just think of the size and scope of that project. So what could $211 million, if that's what was spent,
2: well, we,
0: we should be in a little different spot. With streets wouldn't be kidney well, busters. You, <laughs> unless,
2: yes, unless there's something other than overlay that we're doing, I, because it certainly is not on our arterial streets. Um, and that's okay. Overall, even though people are concerned about crime, overall. You go with me to knock doors, and people want good streets. That is overall the number one thing people say. They complain about the streets. And so um, it has to be addressed. It needs to be prioritized and emphasized in the budget, I would say, differently than now.
1: So um, now I'm going to totally switch gears on you. We talked a little about city issues. So you ran for legislature twice Mm -hmm. and knocked a gajillion doors, which is a very literal term. 14,000. But now you're running for mayor. So you ran for legislature twice, and now you're running for mayor. What are you hearing as running for mayor that's different than when you were running for legislature, is there a huge difference? I, hmm. I just I always like to hear candidates like their door experience. What were they talking to you about when you were running for a senator or going for reelection as a state senator versus now with the mayor?
2: Well, it's interesting. I I remember the first few times I went to the doors explaining to people that as a state senator, I don't really have anything to do with the roads. <laughs> in your neighborhood <laughs> so it's still the same thing. kind of got a lead with that right <laughs> I heard the same thing um from people and I had to say you know no I'm this is a state office what you're looking at is a city office so you flip that and so what I just said about overall the okay. number one thing I hear um so back then it was roads and now it is roads um but but, two, I think that, that people statewide, the issues are just broader. They're similar, but they're just broader. Um, and to be honest, there's more of a social issue, especially right now, focus than what I believe the mayor's office is. So, those issues belong at the state house and not in the mayor's office.
1: Very good. Well, uh, again, thank you, Suzanne Geist, for joining us on the Lincoln Business Beat. It's always fun to to visit and talk a little bit and have that conversation. Uh, any last words you'd like to share with our listeners uh, before we close up today about your campaign or how they can check out your campaign? Sure,
2: they can go to my website, Suzanne Geist for Mayor, and make sure you vote now to May 2nd. Um, Early voting is open right now and May 2nd is the day. So I believe we need change in Lincoln and if you believe that, this is your opportunity to make your voice heard.
1: Very good, thank you very much Suzanne.
0: And be sure and share uh, this podcast, tell your friends, your colleagues, because the Lincoln Business Beat is here to provide you with the information that you'll find and hopefully find valuable in your everyday life, your business and whatever. This is the Lincoln Business Beat from the Lincoln Independent Business Association and KLIN Radio, reviewing and updating business owners and community members about what's happening in the business community in and around Lincoln. Along with LEBA President and CEO Bud Seinhorst, I'm Mark Vail. Lincoln Business Beat is made possible by Currency. Learn more at gocurrency.com.